0: wonderful start to your day. Uh, hope that everybody's enjoying themselves wherever they are. If you're one of our coaches and one of our school teachers, um, school's out for summer, baby, live it up, enjoy it. Hope everybody's enjoying their days as much as we are here over the next 90 minutes. We're going to have a fun show coming your way in the next segment. I'm going to go to the newly retired Brian Colley of South LaFouche high school We'll chat with him about some things that he's seeing in the world of sports. We'll chat with him about some other things that are happening. Uh, I also talked with him about his awesome retirement party on Saturday and, you know, what are some of his plans now that he's officially
1: <clears throat>
0: no longer employed by the school system. In the uh, segment after that, we'll maybe talk some LSU baseball, some NBA playoffs. We've got some um, very interesting things that happened last night, right? The Lakers lost, got swept. LeBron James is talking about retiring we got all sorts of interesting things to talk about. Since we last spoke, the Miami Heat have taken a 3-0 lead. Boy, they've proven me wrong, right? I didn't think they had a chance in that series, but they've taken a 3-0 lead, <clears throat> and they are in really good shape to potentially go to the NBA Finals. We'll talk about that. Uh, then at 12-15, we've got Mr. Stan Gravois, who will be on the line. It's going to be our terrible general Tuesday interview with Stan. We'll be chatting with Stan about Honestly, who knows what we'll be talking about the all-star baseball game this past weekend. I'm sure some LSU baseball, I'm sure some spring football and some different things. PGA championship. I've got to get uh, at some point our weekend W's and L's as well. Um, We've had an extra day to wait, but we'll get our W's and L's in at some point during the show. Um, So we'll have a good show today. In fact, I might even do that at noon in between Coach Colley and Stan, get our W's and L's in from around the weekend. Today, well, first off, um, apologies for yesterday. Um, Mondays are always a difficult day for me just because I got to wake up early and then drive to Raceland and then go build or finish building. Actually, the process starts on Sunday, but finish building the newspaper. And yesterday was our graduation issue, so it was a little bigger than normal. And quite frankly, um, others on the team were not working briskly. <laughs> putting it mildly, um, but that's okay. I mean, look, it's not an easy process. I'm not throwing darts. I have my moments too, um, but it, it caused a delay and it caused me to not be able to uh, to come here for the show. Uh, but that, I mean, it's just part of the deal. Mondays are difficult. Um, Do my darnest to get here, but sometimes it's just not possible. And we certainly appreciate your understanding and we appreciate your, um, your, Continued support of the show, despite sometimes the schedule getting a little bit quirky and a little bit irregular. Um, but now, today, um, I want to focus on the last of the spring football games, right? Today, I'm going to a spring football game. I know a lot of folks are saying, huh, like, that's over. No, it's not. South Terrebonne started their spring practices exceedingly late. Why did they do that? Well, they were expecting their baseball team to, like, go to Sulphur. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So they started uh, spring football really late to accommodate baseball. So now they're just wrapping up their spring today. They'll be taking on Patterson in a spring game at 530 out at the Swamp. So I'll be out there. Uh, We'll be getting pictures, getting videos, the full nine. And we're looking forward to seeing the Gators get some work. We're looking forward to seeing the Lumberjacks get some work. And I'll talk about it tomorrow, and I'm sure I'll be breaking all of it down with Bayou sports and everything in between um, in the next 24 hours or so. So we're super excited about that. There's a lot of intrigue on both sides. From the South Terrebonne side, can they build on the momentum that they generated at the end of last season? Um you know, they, they lost some guys now, right? You know, they, they had a, a a very talented and very decorated senior group that's no longer there that was helping them. But South Terrebonne was a team that undoubtedly was a playoff team last year, in my opinion, if not for the ridiculousness of the LHSA putting them in Division One non select, where they absolutely positively don't belong. Uh, but it was a Gator team that started off the year one and five and then won four in a row, including wins over Vanderbilt, wins over Assumption. Like, they were playing very good football at the end of the season. Um, You know, the challenge will be now to try to continue that momentum under Coach Aaron Babin in year two, and I think that they're going to be one of the more exciting and one of the more intriguing teams to follow in our area because there's so much unknown, right? Um, Coach Babin will tell you that he's excited. All coaches are. But they do have a lot of holes that they've got to fill. They've got some pieces that they're trying to put back together. And today, you're going to be doing it against a Patterson team that is very gifted. Athletically, they're going to have some speed. They're going to have some skill. And it's a Patterson team, excuse me, that last season was pretty doggone good. You look at Patterson last fall, they won one, two, three, four, five, six games. So, six and four. You beat a Berwick team that made a little playoff run. You beat a Franklin team that wasn't too shabby. And one thing that you're noticing about Patterson when you're looking at the schedule, they're scoring 50, 60 points, 40, 50, 60 points on just about everybody that they played. So that'll tell you exactly what we just said a minute ago. Explosive playmakers, athletes all over the field, and some guys that you're going to have to corral or could potentially be a long scrimmage. Now, without having been said, it is still a scrimmage yet, Right. We spend so much time worrying about who wins and loses the spring and who wins and loses the scrimmages and who wins and loses the live quarter. And we sometimes lose perspective of the fact that it don't mean anything, right? It's just an opportunity to get some work. But as other coaches are quick to remind me, Hey, anytime they turn on the board, we want to win. We want to have success. So I'm sure that both the Gators and the lumberjacks will be eager to get some work. Now, now tomorrow, we're gonna have the excuse me, the start of the Swampland baseball season, which I'm extremely excited about. We'll have South Lafouche taking on Terrabone. And um that'll be a lot of fun. You know, I'm not just saying this because we're based down the bayou. I'm not just saying this because it's the school that I went to. I'm not just saying this because we have Chandler on every Friday at eleven forty-five, but the summer down the bayou. with the silver Kings is going to be among the most important summers of anybody in our area. The tarpons got to figure out who's who they could trust to throw strikes, who they could trust to compete on the mound. They've got to figure out what they have on their pitching staff because they lost so damn much of their pitching staff. Um, after last season, there's no more Luke Sanimo. There's no more Jacob Curell. There's no more Mason busy That was your top three dudes. Um, and that was also some key infielders. That was also some middle-of-the-order guys. So while it wasn't a huge senior class, it was an impactful senior class. And the Tarpons are going to have to figure out who could step up, who could fill some of those roles, and who could be trusted by the time the next season rolls around. And I think Brock Johnson on the mound will be ready to go. Um, you know, Austin Curell is a the guy they excited about, Cooper Worley. You know, they got some options. But it's guys who are gonna have to prove that they could do it at the varsity level at the at you know against a loaded district that's gonna have Lutcher and Vanderbilt and South Terrebonne and all these, these talent-rich programs that are expected to be really good again when the upcoming baseball season rolls around. So we got the swamp land coming up. The teams are actually starting their seasons mostly on Thursday, but <clears throat> some sort of scheduling conflict, maybe graduation, has South Lafouche actually starting on Wednesday against Taravone, so they'll be the first ones out of the shoot. and it'll be an opportunity to watch some good summer baseball. Cannot wait for that. We've also got summer basketball starting, I believe, was the date today. Today's the 23rd. So summer basketball starting next week. Chance for the boys and girls teams in our area to get some work, and um, we'll be breaking all that down. Like We're going to be going to that. We're going to be covering it on body sports. We'll be talking about it here. And, uh, you know, the only thing that changes over the summer is the kids don't go to school. Other than that, the sports pretty much keep rolling into high gear, and we're super excited to let you know how the kids are doing, how the kids are competing, and everything in between over the next couple of months leading into August, whenever we get back and we start you know, preseason fall camp and you know all the great stuff that leads us to week one of the football season. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Brian Colley. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
2: The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
4: Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana grant program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in HOMA or give us a call 985-876-0222.
2: Quality health care locally for you.
6: See your and
0: know, You're probably a An adequate choice of intro music here is Enter Sandman, which is the song of the longtime closer of the New York Yankees, Mariano Rivera, and we're going to our closer right now, Coach Brian Collie, who just wrapped up his teaching career. Coach, we wanted to have you on yesterday, which was actually your last official day. Couldn't make that work. I wasn't able to make it back to the studio in time, but now we got you instead today on your first official day of retirement. How's it feel, buddy?
6: Uh, a little strange, but it feels good. I had a, a great day yesterday, and uh, at school. And when I got home, received uh, a lot of text messages from uh, you know former players and colleagues, and just wishing me well in retirement. So it was uh, a good day.
0: Wonderful. I'm happy that you were able to uh, have that experience. And look, Saturday, man, I'm sure that was a special day too. You know, you're able to have a little celebration, get together with some of your old coaching buddies and some of your old colleagues, and. You know, we did two hours of radio, and the, the folks that I spoke to all had great things to say. And then I'm sure you saw some other people along the way. That must have been a really special time as well, um, being able to, to rub elbows one more time with some guys that you've done battle with in years past.
6: Yeah, look, a very, very, very special day. I can't thank my wife enough for putting all that together. When you got, you you're talking to your, your coaching staff that you currently were coaching with and had guys like Ron Briscoe. Paul Pierce, uh, Joey Guitros, Tommy Gisclair showed up, and it was uh, just a great day, a great afternoon, and we just sat and talked for a good while. And uh, We're looking forward to getting, again, uh, getting together again real soon. It was just a little bit too long that we all got together, but, yeah, it was a, a great day for sure. So
0: I know I've asked you about this really throughout the last year, and I'm going to ask you again because it's, it's always interesting to hear your thoughts and your perspectives. I had Coach Paul Pierce on Saturday, and I asked him, I said, Coach, you're a little older now, but do you miss it? And he told me, Casey, every day, said, you know, hey, I'm 73, but if I could still coach a team, I would. I would love nothing more than to get back out there on the sidelines and coach again. So that's a guy that's a little older than you, experiencing those things many years after retirement. You know you're going to miss it, man. How do you channel that? Uh,
6: That's a great question. I I miss it. Getting out of basketball this past year, it, it was tough. You know, I, I, did, I missed it a lot. And um, with the athletic department sign, I'm going to miss being around the kids and the coaches and all that and, and doing all that paperwork. It's something I love to do, uh, staying involved within the games and stuff. And it, it's going to be tough, and uh, I'm just going to take it a day at a time and see. And being with the radio, that's going to help a lot, still staying involved in the game uh, still getting the their coaches the game plans and stuff that what they're going to want to do on Friday night so we can bring uh, the people a good broadcast is going to is gonna help out a lot.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, super excited to hear about some of those things. Um, man, uh, today I'm actually going to a spring football game, South Terrebonne and Patterson. And I was mentioning in the first segment of the show, I'm super anxious to see what South Terrebonne has. They were a team that started off so slow last year. One and five were struggling. Couldn't get any wins, but then they ended the year strong. They won four straight. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat Assumption. They were playing as well as anybody at the end of the year. They lost a lot of guys, but it is year two of what I think is a really good coaching. Coach Aaron Babbin. They're playing Patterson today at five thirty, and I'm really looking forward to get my my opportunity to put my eyes on the Gators.
6: Listen, South Carbone. Years, years back, they had it's a, their system in place with Coach Cur- uh, Curling their program, and they were always well-prepared, and those guys play hard. At the beginning of the year, it may have taken those guys a while to get adjusted, but now with the Coach Babbin system, I think he's bringing that same kind of philosophy back buy into the program, and you're going to have success And winning their last four. Even though they're losing some kids from last year, do not sleep on the South Terrebonne Gators because if they can get that program established again, that's some hard nosed kids and they're gonna compete in a lot of games.
0: So shift and talk a little tarpon basketball for a second. I saw Brody released his roster the other day and look, man, there's some talented kids on that roster, but the one thing that stands out and it's it stands out very loudly, they're really young. They're gonna have a really, really, really young team coming up, really for the next couple of years. Um They're doing the full summer league thing. They're going out to the E.D. White League, and they're going to be competing against other teams, and they're doing some team camps. So they're going to play, I think you said, 25, 30 games over the summer. It feels like with a young crew getting some of that seasoning and and teaching the kids some game situations is going to be very, very important.
6: Yeah, it's going to be key for the the Torpen basketball team this summer, for Coach Brody and his staff to establish their system in these kids and make them realize, you know, buy into the system. Pretty much what we just spoke about with terrible. buy into the system. And, uh, look, when you're running that offense hard and you, get, you play hard defense, you can stay in a lot of these games. And it's going to be critical for them this summer to make sure those kids can buy into the, the type of system that he wants to run.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, have you ever... Had a team like that that was primarily in ninth, tenth grade, like not a whole lot of eleventh or twelfth graders. Have you ever had a team that was that young? And I guess the next question is, if so, how do you how do you coach them? Do you coach them differently than you would a more veteran team? Is there more teaching? Like, how do you approach that going into a year?
6: Yeah, at the beginning it could be a little more teaching. I had a team like that a few years ago with um, Isaac Colley and all those guys, where they, a lot of them played as juniors. And they returned their senior year, and uh, as a junior, I mean, I, we've had some success with them. But yeah, you you gotta at the beginning maybe coach them a little slower, get them to buy into the system again, and get all your fundamentals straight. But then uh, when it's time to, to play, you know, you gotta be a uh, you gotta be full speed ahead, and you gotta. Well, in my philosophy, coach those guys uh, tough and hard, and. In practice so when
0: a game is, could be a lot easier for them. So let's talk some NBA, man. Um, our Nuggets beat the Lakers, man. They swept the Lakers, knocked them out decisively. And look, by the end of the series, the blueprint was just there, right? Like the Lakers didn't have enough um, gas in the tank to stay with them for 48 minutes. Would they make runs? Yeah. Would they win some quarters? Yeah. But over the course of the full 48-minute game, they just didn't have the stamina, didn't have the legs. They would tire out in the second half often. Yesterday, we saw LeBron was tremendous in the first half, fizzled out in the second half. And man, like the the better of the two teams moved forward. And uh, adios, amigo, to one Mr. LeBron James.
6: Yeah, look, the the Lakers stayed close in a bunch of games and a couple of different breaks go their way. It might be a little different story, but... Uh, Denver just shot the ball well, and when, when uh, their backs were against the, uh, the wall, they made a couple of plays that got them the lead back, and they held on to those leads in the, the fourth quarter, and LeBron had the ball driving in the paint to go ahead and, and, and tie the game and maybe get an and one, but uh, he didn't do it, and all I'm going to say is Michael Jordan would have scored.
0: <laughs> I love to hear that look. Man, he uh, he said after the game last night that he's thinking about retiring. Uh, he's played 20 years. He now got the scoring record. He uh, he has long said that he wants to play with his son, but he also has said, hey, look, I'm not going to force it. If my son doesn't want the same thing, then I'm not going to you know, force it. It was very interesting. For the first time in his entire career, he's talking about hanging
6: him up. Well, uh, of course he's going to say that. He wants a spotlight to still be on him. I really I can care less if he's yeah, he's gonna play or not right now, and I mean I know these reporters are gonna do their job and have to ask that question, but uh, look he just he wants us. and everybody's talking about LeBron LeBron today. Talk about what the Nuggets did, and let's talk about what uh, Boston is not gonna do tonight.
0: Yeah, let's talk about what Boston's not gonna do tonight because man, I gotta tell you, I'm shocked by how this series has gone. I thought Boston had more talent. I thought Boston, you know, had uh, better players. I thought that, you know, they would be able to take advantage of some of the the lack of depth that Miami has. But Miami just plays the right way, man. Look, when it's time for Jimmy Butler to take over, the role players kind of step aside. They get out the way. But when you throw some junk at Jimmy Butler and try to get the ball out of his hands, those role players are awesome snipers. They're going to make threes. They're going to bury you. They're going to hurt you. Miami's a team that plays the right way. They don't have the most talent in the NBA, but they're all bought in. And they all compete and they all fight hard. And man, they're beating the, the snot out of Boston. And in the last game, frankly, it looked like Boston kind of quit a little bit.
6: Yeah, look, that's uh, I was uh, texting someone uh, during the game about that, and we, we kind of both agreed that Boston should just come and forfeit tonight and stop. Don't embarrass themselves again if that's the uh, the way they're gonna play game four the way they did in game three. And that was uh, pretty embarrassing for that organization, but Miami just keeps coming at you. They're not going to stop and we talked about it Saturday. Man, you don't poke the bear. That just woke him up and he uh, he made sure what they were going to get done, but you know, it's also time, and I wasn't an Eric Spolstra fan, especially when he had all those guys with him a few years back, but it's time people start talking about him as one of the uh, the better coaches in the league because he is – and he does it quietly. He, he doesn't really need the spotlight on him. He, he does it quietly. He has his team pre- prepared, and it's showing in, in these playoff series right now that they are a, a well-coached team. They all bought in, and they're going to be a, a, a tough uh, a tough out. So that
0: brings me to the next question I was going to ask, and you brought up Spolstra and his style. Now he's kind of more from underneath and doesn't say a whole lot and just kind of quietly does his job. What do you think of Mike Malone? Look, Mike Malone is a very good coach. The Nuggets, are, are they play a very sound brand of basketball. They don't turn it over a lot. They're disciplined. But I'm not going to lie. While, yes, I was rooting for Denver to beat the Lakers, and while, yes, I'm extremely happy that they knocked them out, there is a small part of me that's getting a little bit annoyed after every one of these games having to hear the Nuggets coach whine and cry about how, oh, nobody respects us, oh, nobody picked us to win. Oh, You know, my, my guy didn't win MVP. Like every game, instead of just being happy that they won, he's whining about something that other people think about them. Like, bro, just be a little more happy, man. Goodness.
6: Yeah, and look, they're not consistent enough for him to, to, to be one of the, the top-tier coaches right now, in my opinion. They're kind of uh, up and down. They can get on teams early, let teams come back. Uh, a lot of times, their um, their structure and offense is it doesn't look right. But they bail him out by making them big threes in a couple of games. They did, but yeah, he needs to quit whining and uh, play more consistent first before you can do all that other nonsense.
0: We had a seven foot, three hundred pound center. Get 30 points, 14 rebounds, and 13 assists last night. And for the series against Los Angeles, every game was pretty much the same thing. He was getting a ton of points, a ton of rebounds, a ton of assists. Uh, he had a 23-point, 17-rebound, 12-assist game. He had a 34-point, 21-rebound, 14-assist game. Man, look, I've been watching basketball a long time. Um, really, frankly, more than 30 years now. And we like to compare these guys to different players, right? Like, we like to compare Kobe Bryant to Michael Jordan. We like to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James. We like to compare all these different guys. I don't know anybody to compare Nikola Jokic to, man. He's a center who kind of plays like Magic Johnson, but he's a point guard. But he also rebounds the ball like Karl Malone. In the series with the Lakers, he averaged 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 12 assists. Coach, we've never seen a guy like that before, ever.
6: No, look, he, he, he's he's outstanding, and his ability to pass the basketball, he sees the floor and makes some great passes. And and what can you say with the shot clock going down? Some of those shots he's making <laughs> over a defender in his face It's like you, you can't defend that.
0: No, you can't. And look, like the one thing LeBron said yesterday that I agree with. He said, "Man." <laughs> He's fading away off one foot, throwing the ball into the rafters, and it goes in. Like LeBron said, "There's nothing you could do. You just tip your cap because you're not going to beat that."
6: No, it, that's you can't. You're right, and uh, he's just an exceptional player. And uh, a lot of times when they start losing their focus and structure on offense, he needs to get the ball in his hands uh, as many times as they can. Yeah,
0: no doubt, well, brother. We thank you so much for the time. Uh oh, we'll chat again soon. I'm sure, man. Have a great rest of the day, partner.
6: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You
0: have a good one. You too, man. That is Coach Brian Colley doing an excellent job, as always. So happy that he had a great day yesterday. I I genuinely mean that. He deserves it. And he's going to do well in retirement, man. He's got some other things going on, and he's going to be doing some work here. And, you know, he's got some things going over at Etouffee. And they're going to keep him busy, and he's going to stay happy and content. And um, super excited for my buddy, man. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
4: Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or give us a call 985
5: 876 0222. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our skeeter beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. Attention event managers, Joe Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair, or festival, let Joe Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joe septic at viscom.net. That's joe septic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas.
2: We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bellchase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
0: back to play by play here on KLEB we have one series down we have one series to go um in the NBA's final four three teams remain the Nuggets are going to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals it's exceedingly likely that the Miami Heat will represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals they have a three games nothing lead over Boston in the best of seven series there let's talk about last night um Look, man, it was the same song and dance every game of this series. Except for game one, where the Lakers made a run late and kind of emptied their gas tank. Every game the rest of this series was the same song and dance. The Lakers would play hard. They would compete. They would battle. They would start off strong. Then in the middle to late stages of the game, they didn't have enough legs to finish it off. The Nuggets had more stamina. The Nuggets had more staying power. And even though they were playing fewer players and have possibly less depth, the Nuggets were able to outlast the Lakers and move on. One thing that is worth noting, there are two types of players in the NBA that you want. You want the elitist of the elite superstar players, the guys who perform, the guys who are incredibly difficult to guard and the guys who use their stature and status as being incredibly difficult to guard to make their teammates better you need guys like that lebron james is a guy like that nikola jokic is a guy like that denver's got that guy nikola jokic he attracts all the defensive attention And he makes everybody around them better with the assist and the passing and the rebounding and all the different things that he does. He makes everybody else better. You need that to win a championship in the NBA. But perhaps more important than that number one lead alpha, you need guys who are elite shot makers and elite role players. Championship level role players. And the Nuggets have some of the best role players in the entire NBA. Bruce Brown is a winning basketball player. Be it flying into the lane and securing offensive rebounds, be it slashing from the wing to the paint to make a layup off of a cut, be it being an excellent defender, Bruce Brown is a winning championship-level basketball player. Jeff Green though he only played 10 minutes last night and was getting a little older is a championship level winning basketball player he's long he could block shots he can make open corner threes he doesn't demand and that's the thing same thing with Bruce Brown Jeff Green's the same he doesn't demand the ball he doesn't need to get 15- 20 shots see that's what Boston's problem is right Boston has a lot of depth they have a lot of dudes but they have a lot of what I call quota dudes right? Marcus Smart needs to shoot 13, 14 times or he's just going to not play hard. He's not going to compete. Brogdon needs to shoot 10, 12 times or he's going to stop competing on defense. Boston has quota guys. They have dudes that, that, yeah, they could potentially be really good role players, but they also got some dudes that have to have the ball or else they're just zoning out. Derek White has to get 10, 12 shots. Marcus Smart has to shoot it. Peyton Pritchard, when he's in the game, he shoots the ball every single time he touches it. So they've got a lot of those guys, and I think that it hurts them. But Denver has a lot of those same level and same skill role players who play without expectation. In the NBA, to win at the highest level, you need star power. There's no doubt about that. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. I'm not going to say that you can win without stars. That's the reason why these teams or these general managers try to make super teams, because you need stars. You need the guy that when the defense is perfect could just fade away off one foot and make a three-pointer with the shot clock up against him like Jokic did a couple of times in this series. You need that. You need those 10 to 12 stolen points in a game to give yourself that chance. But what you also need is are role players that play without expectation. Some games, they might be open in the corner and may need to shoot seven three-pointers. <laughs> and they'll make three of them. Some games, they might not touch the ball the entire game, but they may need to you know, cut off a guy in transition and take a charge, sacrifice their body. Some games, they may need to dive on the floor, get a floor burn, create a jump ball. Some games, they may need to get an offensive rebound. They may need to, on a switch, defend a point guard, even though they're 6'9". The Nuggets have a lot of those guys. Boston doesn't have any of those guys. Miami has a lot of those guys. The Lakers have a few, but not enough. And that's the difference in what we're seeing right now. We're seeing teams with star power, but it's the role players that are powering these things through. Now for the Lakers, it becomes a very uncertain offseason. LeBron James is talking about retiring. Do I think he's actually going to retire? I don't. He could still play. Last night he had 40 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. He'd still play at a very high level. Do I think he maybe tries to finagle an, a decelerated schedule from the Lakers where it's just agreed that he's never going to play on back-to-backs? He's going to play 55 games a year instead of 82? I could maybe see that. Give a little more... Downtime in the schedule is look. LeBron wants to be a dad. LeBron wants to go and watch Bronny play at USC. If USC's playing a road game at Colorado or at Stanford, LeBron don't want to be at the Laker game. LeBron wants to be watching his boy play. And I have mixed feelings on that because on one hand, it's like man, your presence there is going to put such a pressure and such a strain on Bronny. Like just let him be. But on the flip side to that, like if it were my kid, I'd want to watch him play too. So I respect his desire to be a strong presence in his son's life. I can't disrespect that. But his priorities have obviously shifted. And no longer, now that he's gotten the scoring record and different things, no longer is he 1,000% all in with the Lakers. So if he does leave, what happens? Do you build around Anthony Davis? knowing that most games he doesn't even look like he has any desire to be there? Do you give Austin Reeves a big contract knowing that you're probably no longer a championship caliber team? Do you tear it down from the ground up? I don't know. That's a lot of interesting questions that they have to ask. There's a lot of those things that they have to figure out if in the event that LeBron James is being serious, and if in the event that he really is genuinely considering retiring. Now, it's easy to say that right after you lose and right after you get knocked out. And as time passes, you know, maybe he does get that desire. Maybe he does end up wanting to play again. But this is a Laker franchise now that is a very interesting situation going forward. And why am I bringing this up? Why am I talking about the Lakers? Because the Pelicans have a lot of their draft picks going forward. So if LeBron gets out, that team struggles, the Pelicans are set to cash in in a big way. So if you're a New Orleans basketball fan and a Louisiana basketball fan, just keep a little eye on how that situation in Los Angeles goes down. Because it could potentially have ripple effects that'll spill over and carry over all the way here into southeast Louisiana. Today in the NBA, we get game four between Boston and Miami. <laughs> um, I tend to think that Miami's gonna close out. But I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, maybe if Miami took a little cat nap and Boston was able to steal one. Maybe get here's the thing for Miami. I would be anxious to close out tonight. So if you lose tonight, you're going back to Boston. And then let's say you lose again, then it's three two. And I don't know. It, Miami would be well-served to wrap this thing up tonight. They would be well-served to wrap this thing up tonight. You don't want to let a more talented team get some momentum. So slam the door shut while they're back on their heels and don't let them get to life because this could still potentially, in my opinion, maybe become a little bit of an interesting series. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Stan. Stan will be chatting with us about the All-Star baseball game and some different things uh, that we're seeing. We'll talk some LSU baseball and some other things that are happening around the sports world, PGA Championship and more. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after
3: this.
0: State Bank & Trust Company has provided Cajun Banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun Banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That's State Bank & Trust Company, still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community.
5: We are the soldiers of the Louisiana Army National Guard. We are your neighbors. We are your sons and daughters. While we serve part-time, we are learning valuable life and job skills. We are earning money for college, for trade and technical schools, and for certification. We are proud to serve, both our country and our home state. We are your Louisiana Army National Guard. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of
2: Broadcasters and this station. In Terrebonne Parish, we put our trash in a bag and never out the car window.
3: In Bienville, we bag it, tie it, and put a lid on it.
1: We keep litter out of our lakes in Lafayette. And in Calcasieu Parish, we keep our roads clean by clearing out our truck beds and securing our loads. We need every person
2: in every parish to stop littering and keep Louisiana beautiful. For more litter
1: prevention tips, visit LetLouisianaShine.org. Sponsored by the Louisiana Lieutenant Governor's Office and Keep Louisiana Beautiful. Tarabone General Health System is the largest health care resource in southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Tarabone General family. We are here to provide health care for our community. To discover more, please visit TGHealthSystem.com.
0: Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. It's Tuesday. It's a little north of 1215. So that means it's time for our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Mr. Stan Graval, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing today?
7: Doing well. Doing well. Actually working on a tarpon logo, man. My good friend down there, uh, Dave McCormick, wants to fire up his linebackers and he wants to go out this summer and get him a little shirt. That might be an incentive type thing. So we're trying to trying to do something to motivate the
0: kids. Hey, that's that's exciting. And look, man, uh, you know, Coach McCormick is doing a good job down there, man. They're, uh, they're, those guys are competing. They're fresh off of a scrimmage against HL Bourgeois that kind of ebbed and flowed. You know, the, the Bourgeois Braves had the better of them early, and then the Tarpons battled back. And one of the things that Dave told me, and we kind of talked about this Saturday, he said, hey, man, uh, I like these guys. You know, th- these guys are willing to compete. They're willing to fight. And You know, maybe you're young, maybe you're not the fastest or the strongest, but if you've got that competitive edge, you could do a lot of good things. You know that.
7: No, he's only had great things to say about his situation there. He's enjoying himself. Uh, The only, like, little caveat I would throw in there is, is you and I always talk about how the two schools, South and South LaFouche, are a lot alike with Bayou Communities. And he's kind of shed some light that they're not quite as close as I thought. Maybe they were in some avenues, which is nothing, you know, negative towards either school. Just some little things, that some little misconceptions that you have perceptions that he's starting to find out a little bit. But he is thoroughly enjoying himself there at South LaFouche High School.
0: Absolutely. Look, let's uh, let's lead off here talking about the All Star Baseball Game. It was a great Saturday afternoon. It was hot, but there were some breaks. The sun would sneak behind the clouds every once in a while and give us a little relief. And the biggest relief that we got is that the kids played a clean and very competitive baseball game, which only lasted about an hour and 50 minutes. We got through the seven innings. The pitchers threw strikes. um, the, The fielders didn't make errors. Everybody looked sharp and crisp. And I left Saturday thinking, man, I don't know what Stan and them did this year, but boy, it really worked out. That was a fun afternoon for baseball.
7: Well, the name of the game is throwing strikes. I don't care what level you're playing at, and that's what happened that day. Even if you got some kids who hit the ball hard, you don't have enough kids that can hit the ball hard consecutively. Baseball is made to fail 70% of the time. Yep. That being the case, if you throw strikes and the other team fails 70% of the time, you're always going to give yourself a chance to win, and that's sort of what happen. The other take is, is that, and you mentioned it, the pitching was good. But the pitching was not only that they could throw strikes, it was sort of crafted pitching. You, you certainly understand after the game is over why E.D. White did what they did this year. You know, I, And I'll start from the bottom kind of in reverse order. You know, They have a kid they throw out there, Owen Thibodeau, who's not one of their first four guys, right? And when he's throwing, I'm going, well, wait a minute, man. <laughs> what, what is Favreau going to look like? What is uh, Gobert going to look like? Heck, next year, what is Weimer going to look like when you see this kind of kid throwing? So you get it. You get why they want to stay championship. And the other thing was is we had some all-star tight plays defensively. We haven't had that very much where kids made some spectacular plays, I thought, you know, uh, Usually we see the norm. You know, you get the routine play. Heck, sometimes we don't even get the routine plays because the kids are a little rusty. But but we got, we got, I think, about the best we could get in an all-star game. It was a lot of fun. I You know, it's not that we wanted it to go quickly, but we did want it to flow, and this game had flow. So, yeah, we're really excited. And, again, Casey, 15 years in a row, we didn't have to worry about the weather, so that's always a
1: good thing. Yes, sir. No doubt about that.
0: Look, man, um... I want to give you, you know, an Attaboy, obviously, and you know, the hospital, and uh, you guys do such an amazing job, and you know, you guys uh, get a lot, a ton of credit for that. There are people that are always thanking me, oh, you know, thanks for coming out and then shooting the game or whatever. That's my job, man. I don't deserve any credit for that. I want you to give some attaboys to the people that were on site that day that didn't have to be there, but chose to be there. Your little crew in the press box there, they work hard every day. I want you to shout them out, some of the volunteers. Because there were a lot of people that were just doing this because, hey, they wanted to support the kids, and to me, that's why our community is awesome. So shout some of those folks out.
7: Absolutely. I'm glad you're giving me this opportunity to do it. So I would start by saying we were happy to have Bernie Claymore, who is a Vice President here at Terrebonne General, who came out there just to help out, giving out the bags out there, were uh, Mike Farke along with Brett Chesson, who is now our director. A lot of people know that I kind of took a liaison role at the hospital. Brett is moving up into that director's role, and he does a lot, and he's an athletic trainer. So he was quite busy. Uh, Excuse me, Peyton Bledsoe, athletic trainer for Terrebonne General, was there taking care of both teams. And in the press box, my gosh, right? So we started doing this in 2009, and two guys have been there every single year, and that is Steve Barber and Francis Labatt, both retired coaches now, who just decided to come out and give a hand. They were track coaches at the time and said, we're going to go help on that Saturday. Of course, Steve had a son, Mike Barber, who was playing in it that first year. So they have been there every year. And then along comes Wade Chasson. A lot of people in the Thibodeau area know Wade. Wade is just a, a great guy and he has become our official scorekeeper for the game on a yearly basis. Bobby Arsenal came in and did the uh, sort of the play by play because in an all-star game, it's a little different. You can, you can kind of say some things maybe on the PA system that you don't do in a normal high school game, so we appreciate him. And then we had what's called Team Terrabone. Team Terrabone is a Terrebonne General Volunteer Organization group. We employ about 1,500 employees here at Terrebonne General, and you can sign up to be a Team Terrebonne volunteer in your community. And basically, they go out to community events and help in any way they can. I can't name all of them because we had about 11 of them there that day on Saturday, but they worked the concession stand. They were golfers, They would run around. They worked the gate coming in because we did charge $5 to the general public just to play for, pay for officials. Now, a lot of you out there know that if you go to a high school event now, you can't pay $5 to go to a high school <laughs> event. That's, just, that's non-existent, you know. And we didn't charge kids, school-age kids. But they were all there. So a big kudos to Team Terrebonne. I know they're all at work at Terbonne General right now. But you're talking about physical therapists. You're talking about accountants. You're talking about carpenters. You're talking about we had one CNA there. We had a nurse there. That all just said, I'll go volunteer and help out at this game because it's a community event. So thank those guys. Thank those guys. Thank those guys.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Very well said, my man. Uh, Look, let's talk about some spring football. I'm going to warn of. I think it might be the last spring football scrimmage. Maybe there's a couple of stragglers after that, but we got South Terrebonne (laughs) and Patterson today.
7: It's got to be, Casey. Nobody's in school. <laughs> right?
0: Um, I was talking with Brian earlier in the show. I'm so anxious to get my eyes on South Terrebonne because it was a tale of two seasons last year. Start off real slow. We're losing some closed games. Then they won four in a row to wrap up. You beat Vanderbilt. You beat Assumption. You carry some momentum. Unfortunately, because, frankly, they're not in the right classification. They weren't able to get into the playoffs. But, I'm curious to see Coach Aaron Babin in year two facing a Patterson team that's going to have a bunch of athletes. I know South Terrebonne also had a pretty large senior group. The Gators, to me, are a team that I don't know a whole lot about, but I'm super anxious to learn more later this afternoon.
7: Yeah, the old cliche is at the end of a given year, if you don't make the playoffs, you at least want to go on in a high note. And I know a lot of people don't, don't really take that very seriously. It is a real thing, folks. Trust me, if you can string a couple of wins at the end of the year, even when you last one, you go into the off season on such a high. You, you want to keep on. It's almost like playing golf and you have a bad round of golf, but all of a sudden on the 17th and 18th hole you start to find something and now you want to go back because you hit the ball well. That's what happens here, and I think that's where Aaron Babin is at. He felt like something was learned, especially in the last two or three games, where we can do some things now listen they they lost a lot of kids i mean their quarterback from last year is not around and not that he was necessarily the star player but he did have to run things and then you have javon ricks who a lot of people would tell you is probably 75 percent of their offense he's not around anymore he's going to play somewhere in kentucky so that all being said it's not going to be easy but boy Got to tell you, Aaron Babbin and Richard Curlin I think will get the same thing out of the kids at South Terrebonne and in two completely different ways. They are polar opposites of each other. Richard Curlin is one of the most laid-back guys you'll ever meet, just a good guy, but he has a presence, and kids kind of flock to that presence. Aaron Babbin, on the other side is much more intense. Much more, this is football, and we're going to do what it takes to win these games, and people fly to him because of that. So I think it's kind of weird. You're going to get the same sort of result, I think, from South Fairbone kids who have always had the moniker, like before a game or, or the MO that, look, how is this team going to win a high school football game? And then the game starts, and they have, you know, a bunch of little termites biting at your legs. <laughs> that, that's Sort of, I think, what Aaron brings back to it. Now, listen, when when the schedule came out or how people were playing in the spring, I, I don't know that I ever remember a spring game being played in the 20s. You know, like May 20, whatever today is, the third or whatever. So that was a little odd to me, especially since a lot of schools are just out now. You know, heck, South Terrible is out of school. I didn't realize kids could go back and play like this. But that all being said, they're doing it and I know the kids enjoy so much more playing a spring football game than beating up on themselves. So, uh, you know, good for them.
0: LSU has found out their conference tournament opponent. It will be South Carolina. Who's got a nine nothing victory over Georgia today out at Hoover. LSU played South Carolina earlier in the season and they split two games. The third game was not able to be played because of inclement weather out in South Carolina. Um, Watched the Gamecocks a lot this year. They kind of mirror LSU. They don't pitch it all that well, although they did get a shutout today. But, boy, can they hit. They hit a bunch of home runs, hit a bunch of doubles. Could maybe be a day where the scoreboard operator is going to be working hard tomorrow as LSU takes on South Carolina at 930 tomorrow.
7: Yeah, I watched a little bit of that game, actually. In the corner of my screen, I did a little you know, picture-in-picture type thing and watched a little bit, and South Carolina looked good this morning, man. They hit the ball really well. I think that Georgia thought they had a couple of guys they could throw against them that would kind of keep them at bay, but it wasn't even much of a contest. Yeah, South Carolina kind of scares me. They were hurt a lot in the second half of the SEC schedule. Now they're starting to get a few of those guys back, although they don't have anybody back. Listen, basically what happens with LSU tomorrow, I think, is who's on the mound, you know. And, and do you know, by the way, who's on the mound for LSU? Because I do not. I, I, I'm kind of lost. Them.
0: Jay Johnson said yesterday he knows who's on the mound, but they haven't made it public. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, we don't know yet.
7: Well, uh, obviously, you know, if you're talking about schemes being on the mound, it's a totally different ball game. I'm not sure they would come back with him on a Wednesday, you know, after last week. So I, I doubt that it would be him and everybody else, quite honestly. I'd love to, you know, kind of. Mess around and skirt around the question, but but the fact is, is if it's not schemes, I don't I don't know what happens. I you know Floyd has given me a little confidence, a little bit to believe in lately. But uh, I you know it's just a situation again where if the pitching comes through and they get some hits, but uh, South Carolina is a good ball club. This is this is the third game of that you know series they had with South Carolina, basically, right?
0: Yeah. Do, do you pay much stock to the SEC tournament? I know Paul Maneri used to pretty heavily. They would go and try to win it, and, and they did win it several times. And his rationale was, "Hey, you know, we're going to try to build a little momentum. You know, get some 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 uh, some spunk going into the NCAA tournament." Skip Burman was the polar opposite. He, I don't care about that thing. I want to make sure we're rested and we're ready, and we got our pitching lined up for the NCAA tournament. How do you feel? I'm kind of in between, right? Like I would love to see LSU go out and. Find some pitching depth. It's a big park in Hoover. You know, you could throw strikes. Dare the guys to hit home runs. It's going to be hard to do out there. But on the flip side to that, you know, hey, if it's a short outing and you're still a national seed and you know you got everything set up for next week, eh, I could see it both ways.
7: I absolutely understood what Skip Bertman did. The difference between Skip Bertman and Maneri is Maneri was never in quite the same situation as LSU was with Bertman a lot of the time, where. LSU knew what their situation was with Burtman. They knew they were going to be hosting. And actually, a lot of Burtman's tenure, there wasn't a super regional. It was just a regional, and it was always going to be in Baton Rouge. So so I understand there are a few differences with it. I would tell you this, as it stands now, first of all, the SEC tournament format is the stupidest format I've ever seen in my life. Thank you. It, 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 it's, It's... It's absolutely ridiculous. There, there's a couple of teams that if they won going into this today, they got to play like six games. That's stupid. I mean, Bourbon used to be under the you know theory of I would send my second team over there to Hoover. I don't care if they win or they lose, and keep all my starters at home in Baton Rouge and get them ready for the tournament and be fresh when the tournament started. That's the smartest thing. Is LSU going to be a national seed? I would guess so. I guess two out of three with Georgia did enough to do it. So if they know that, if they know that, yes, I agree with you. It's nothing. But let's take a team like Kentucky, who has a really nice index, but, you know, they're sitting at, like, the number eight spot in the SEC. So they're a little different. I understand why they got to win a couple in a row. So back to your question, now that I said all of that, trying to make a circle around, I would say I think LSU's the national seed, and it makes no difference at all tomorrow. I probably wouldn't even pitch skeins in this whole thing, because this doesn't mean one thing. Not one thing. As a matter of fact, the team that should be the proudest right now and say, you know what, let's go on the regular season merits is Arkansas, who won it all. I am disappointed that LSU didn't win that last game against Georgia. that 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 bothers me because they would have been your regular season champ and now this thing would have really meant nothing whatsoever. But all that being said, I think they're a, I think they're going to be a national seed and so what?
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. look, the Southland Conference tournament obviously is completely the opposite situation, right? where you're playing and you have to win the tournament to make the NCAA tournament. And Stan, I got to tell you, I look at this thing and I don't have a clue how this is going to go down because the last team in Corpus Christi and McNeese and those teams out there are just three games out of being the first place team. Everybody's the same. Everybody's 13 and 11, 14 and 10, 12. Everybody's got about the same record. If you go look at the head-to-head matchups, they've all played competitive with one another. They beat up on one another. Stan, It's just a bunch of coin flips, man. Whoever's the hottest, whoever plays the best is going to be the team that wins it. I wish there was some sort of big old advantage for Nichols being the number one seed, but there's really not.
7: I agree 100%. As a matter of fact, I'm a little scared of this one. Whereas in the SEC, I don't think anybody gets a great draw. You know, you don't know how teams in the SEC are going to play related to, you know, who's going to be there. I mean, South Carolina could be great, maybe win this thing. Who knows? From the Southland Conference standpoint, the team that always scared me was McNeese. Then you compound that by McNeese is playing at their own park. Those kids are sleeping in their own bed every night. They're not there kind of cooped up in a tournament situation. And then you compound that with, heck, all they got to do is beat, you know, Texas A&M Corpus Christi today. I say all they got to do, they both finished league at 12-12. and 12. So it's not going to be easy. I I just, McNeese scares me. I guess that's the way to put it. I think McNeese, it's almost like you said, a bat of an eye. McNeese could have been your conference, you know, regular season champion too. And remember, Nichols didn't play McNeese in conference play. They did play him in some midweek games, and McNeese came out on top. So, yeah, that part of it really scares me for Nichols. And unfortunately, the only way you get into a regional is if you win that tournament uh but you know what i kind of like and you and i had heard this at the all-star baseball game because Nichols had already you know sealed the deal and won the conference regular season championship on friday coach silva just kind of said let's go out saturday and have fun actually friday night is when they went out and had a lot of fun (laughs) but uh but on Saturday, I think they just went into that game going, "Okay, you know, here we go." And of course, UNO won in a mercy rule game. So I think now what that does to you, if you Nichols, it's like, "Yeah, that game didn't matter. We're going to refocus our energies on the tournament." So yeah, I'm I'm wishing the best for the Colonels. I hope they get in. Uh, and uh, but but I do think it's going to be a tough
5: road to hope.
0: One more thing that can maybe be scary about McNeese, and I don't know what their pitching plans are. I don't know if the kid's going to throw today or if they're going to, you know, if he's too short rest, but they also have the Southland Conference Pitcher of the Year and Grant Rogers When They pop him in there whenever they choose to do so. That gives them a decisive advantage, man. You're right. I think McNeese is a very scary foe.
7: Yeah, and that's the other thing related to SEC and Southland Conference. In Southland Conference, those guys are not going to leave anything on the table, man. They are going to throw. If the guy Grant throws all day today and they need him to throw two pitches tomorrow, <laughs> if they, they win tonight, they'd probably pull them in and, and and do that. Whereas in SEC, it's probably, you know, the teams at the end know they're in, so it's not as big of a deal. Again, you know, I hope the Colonels get in. I, I do know this, you know, I, I, I believe this thoroughly, too, that, you know, you see Connecticut when the men's basketball team does well, you know, the women are always there. They're always great. Some things sort of go together. I don't know if people realize how good McNeese's softball program is. Oh, yeah. As a, as a matter of fact, they lost a game the other day, which I can't imagine a harder way to ever lose a game, except if you talk to Mike Barba and in a semifinal game that he, I mean, state championship game he played last year or year before last now. But that being said, I mean, they were up like six runs in the seventh inning and lost it. To go to like a super regional, I think like when your softball program and your baseball program and and they generally feel good, think good things happen. (laughs) And that's why I just, I don't know, I just think McNeese has some kind of mojo going right now. And they get to play this tournament at home, too. I sure wish the Southland Conference would have something in the Thibodeau area. I think Thibodeau would love that. I don't think it will ever happen because it's not you know, not not enough people, I guess. But, yeah, uh, I, I hope the best for the Colonels, though, for sure. And if they do get in, I got to tell you, watch out because uh, cause I don't think they would believe that they could get beat by anybody.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Look, before we let you go, uh, the MLB draft's coming up and there are a lot of folks that think it'll be Skeens and Cruz one two in some order. The Pirates have the first pick. I'm gonna make you the pirates general manager for the next ten minutes. You going with the hitter or you going with the pitcher?
7: Oh, you 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 know my answer already. I'm all about the pitching. I would take pitching and if you have three Paul Skeens on your team, which I realize is really hard to do on the collegiate level, but if you had three Paul Skeens, you could put a couple of bags of Man out there defensively and still win the game. <laughs> right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I would take Skeens in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Now, if you to ask me this when Dylan Cruz was in that little... I don't know what it was that unworldly zone about probably a month and a half ago where the ball must have looked like a watermelon coming into him. I may have thought a little different. I've only seen two collegiate baseball players that I looked at and went, that is unreal. They could go walk, you know, on to, they could go with a major league team right now and probably get on the field and play with them. And that was Dylan Cruz when he was in this zone about a month, month and a half ago. And the other one was Robin Ventura when he played at Oklahoma State. That guy, everything, he he, he hit everything. So that being said, there was a time where I thought maybe I would take a chance on Dylan Cruz, but not not right now. Uh, He's kind of come back to earth with all of us. And Skeens is still, like, extraterrestrial.
0: So now let me ask you this. Let's assume Tommy White were draft eligible and you were on the clock and you had Cruz and White both on the board. Would you go Cruz or White? But look, Cruz is a much better fielder, but White hits for the power and gap to gap and bat speed and those are all the things. Look, MLB's become a three-outcome sport, walk, strike out, home run. Do you go with the big slugger or do you go with the more well-rounded 5-2 player?
7: Boy, you got me on that one. Uh, You know what? I I would go back and forth so many times, I don't know what my final decision, because right now, and you know I've talked to you all year long, I'm so impressed with White. uh, His bat speed is something I haven't seen, the way he can hit a ball to right field, and then the next time he comes up, nobody's going to be able to play a shift on him, you know, (laughs) Dylan Cruz, I guess you still kind of can, although he can hit it all over the place, too. That's a great question. I honestly don't know. I, I don't know, and I hate for that to be a cop-out. I guess maybe Dylan Cruz because of the defensive, you know, part of it, and even the base running. You know, he's faster than Tommy White and things like that, but, boy... Uh, I'd hate to lose both of them. I'd make a trade up so that I could get them one, too. <laughs> there you
0: go. Uh, look, man, you, myself, and James Schilling were having some fun over the weekend. Isn't it ironic that a live golfer wins the PGA championship? They're giving Brooks Kepka the trophy, and, you know, they could hardly even look at him. Just kind of was an off- awkward weekend for the tour, wasn't it?
7: Yeah, my wife made that comment. She said, so wait a minute, Liv is like the opposite of PGA. I said, yes, she said, but this is a PGA event. And I actually, I didn't know what to tell her because she's kind of right, you know. And I was, like, I was like, you know, if he wins the Masters, I get it. It's not a PGA event. If he wins the U.S. Open, it's not necessarily a PGA event or the British Open. But the PGA event is a PGA event in my mind. <laughs> So I thought, I guess if you're a live guy and you're going to win one, that's the one. Uh, I, I got to tell you, and you know in my text, I, I sort of wanted a live guy to do well. What didn't necessarily have to be Kev Cook, but I do think he's probably the best player in the world right now, or at least in the top three. And I just wanted us to be able to talk about things like this this week, that it's okay if you went play somewhere else, I think between Kepka and the guy, and I'm sorry I can't remember his name, the, 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 the club pro who did so well in the thing, it made people go, okay, you don't have to be on the PGA Tour to have success. So I thought that was kind of cool. I, I was happy with the way things turned out. The only thing, and I'd ask you, I can't tell from James if James is anti-Lib or is he, is he okay with Live? <laughs>
0: He comes on the show and he says that he is, but I, I, you're right. I'm not all. I I think he is a pro live guy though, and I think he likes to needle those who are anti live.
7: Yeah, I think that's it too. I think because some of his, you know, when we were texting all around, I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm offending James here by hoping the (laughs) live guy finishes in the top five or whatever. But nonetheless, I'm glad he did. It's funny, Kepka didn't say anything, you know. Kepka kept his mouth shut and said, "I'm going to play golf." He wears his Nike, you know, attire. And the guys who do talk a lot, like Mickelson and even Deshampo a little bit, although I didn't think Deshampo said anything wrong this weekend, they're the ones who are. And I'm like, "Look, y'all, shut up," because Kepka's carrying all of y'all right now. So, uh, but it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, my friend. We thank you so much for the time. Good job this weekend again, as always, and we'll chat again soon. Okay.
7: All right. Thanks, Casey. Have a great week. Yep.
0: Yeah, you too. That is Mr. Stan Gravvaugh doing an excellent job. That was our terrible General Tuesday interview. We love chatting with Stan. He got some great perspectives and some great insights, and we look forward always to spending those Tuesday um, interviews with him. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. We'll talk some SEC tournament, then I'll get you some betting picks. It's play by play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. What's up? This is Casey Disclare, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community. At State Bank now 70 years strong.
3: If you put a stack of $100 bills and a piece of wood in front of a Formosan termite, what would it eat? Both! They're swarming here and they're hungry. Call those local experts, the Bayou Boys at Terminex. They can treat your home and save you thousands of dollars in damage. Don't let Formosan termites eat you out of house and home. Call Terminex today.
4: So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminx tough.
1: If you're a Medicaid member, changes are coming that could cause you to lose benefits. The good news is you may be eligible to take part in a special enrollment event and qualify for a plan for less than $10 a month. If you need assistance, contact Navigators for a Healthy Louisiana today. We provide free guidance to help you choose the health insurance option that's right for you and your family. To find out more, visit GetCoveredLA.org. That's GetCoveredLA.org.
3: Welcome to No Wake Outfitters. Located in Metairie, your newly opened fly shop and paddle sports store. Offering paddle boards, kayaks, fly fishing and conventional tackle, apparel and more. You'll find gear and rigging to meet the needs of all skill levels and their staff. Dedicated to providing exceptional customer service. To help you choose the perfect gear for your adventures. Let them help you hit the water with confidence. Kayaking is their specialty, but you'll find much more. No Wake Outfitters. 1926 Airline Drive, Metairie.
1: If you're a Medicaid member, changes are coming that could cause you to lose benefits. The good news is you may be eligible to take part in a special enrollment event and qualify for a plan for less than $10 a month. If you need assistance, contact Navigators for a Healthy Louisiana today. We provide free guidance to help you choose the health insurance option that's right for you and your family. To find out more, visit getcoveredla.org. That's getcoveredla.org.
6: Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff. On the back road, 325 Price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial.
4: See dealer for details. Burning!
0: Welcome back to play-by-play here on KLEB. Hope you guys are enjoying your day. I've got one more short segment with you today, and then we'll put a pin in this one and get out of here. Um, Stan and I talked a little bit about the PGA Championship in the last segment of the show. Brooks Koepka wins, and I was, look, I'm not afraid to say this. (sighs) If it offends somebody, frankly, I don't care. Um, I was rooting for the live golfers. Because I think the live golfers are treated unfairly, right? I think they're treated extremely unfairly. Every time they're hitting a shot, you got smart asses like Jim Nance saying, oh, well, you know, he played well last week. I don't know if anybody was able to see it, but, you know, just making fun of the live right? um, television ratings. You got idiots in the stands who are booing Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson. You got golf media who are so quick to make judgments. You're all hypocrites. Every one of you that says these things about live is a hypocrite. Because unless if you live like a pilgrim and live off of the land and don't own any technology, don't own any name brand, anything, unless if that's the way that you live, You're supporting dirty, Saudi money. Go look at the origins of Apple and Nike. Microsoft. Do you think that all of those companies that you buy from and that you invest in, you think it's all American made? You think it's all the cleanest money? Come on, man. Nike owns sweatshops, man. Those making your shoes, child slaves are making your shoes. But it's it's okay for you to indulge, right? It's okay for you to have stuff, but it's not okay for someone else to maybe get things that benefit their life in a way that maybe isn't all that desirable, right? Know what you call that? A hypocrite. I would be the first one to tell you right now if there were a Saudi-based sports entertainment company that was in southeast Louisiana that said, hey, we want to promote local athletics, just Claire, we want you to be the face of our brand, we'll pay you five times more than what you're making right now if you come aboard. Bye, boo. I'm gone. And it's the same for everybody else. If you're sitting at your desk right now working for an oil and gas company, and a competitor who does a similar line of work that could use your skills and your services came in and offered you three, four times the amount of money that you make now, but the country of origin of the company isn't necessarily the friendliest, guess what? You wouldn't care because you wouldn't see a country flag. You would see, I could feed my wife and my kids, my husband and my kids. I could feed my family better. We could afford to go on that vacation. We could pay off our house No we could take care of ourselves. So to sit here and vilify these men who have gone to the Live Golf Tour, vilify these men for taking the money that was offered to them at a schedule that requires them to work less in work conditions that are more favorable because by all accounts, Live takes care of the caddies better, first class flights and everything for everybody involved, So you work less, you get more money, and your work conditions are better. You're supposed to not accept that because of her, 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 America? Yeah, break, that's a joke. The question we should be asking is not, why did these guys go to live? The question we should be asking is, why is the PGA Tour, which makes hundreds of millions of dollars in profits, giving it to old white men in suits instead of taking care of their players. Why aren't they giving the same travel accommodations to players? Why aren't they giving the same accommodations to caddies? They got the money. They got the resources to do it. Why aren't they doing it? Because they didn't feel like they had to because no one else was doing it. Now someone else is in town and they're running you out. Once Liv starts to earn world golf points, which it's ridiculous that they don't have them now. But once the Liv players start to earn world golf points, which will allow them to improve their world ranking by playing on that tour, which makes you to qualify for major championships and different things like that. Once that happens, it's over. It's over at that point. They're gonna start poaching players left and right, and they're gonna become the elite tour in the world. More so than what, frankly, they already are. These people vilifying these men for what? Because they want to make more money and they want to work less. It's a damn American dream. That's what everyone wants. Every single person throwing darts would do the exact same thing, and this um, virtuous condemning of these men is not based in virtue, it's based in jealousy, you guys don't like that the quote-unquote spoiled athlete gets better accommodations, that's what you don't like. Don't give a damn about what Saudi Arabia is Don't give a damn about dirty money. If you did, you wouldn't have your iPhone in your pocket. You wouldn't be wearing Nike shoes. You wouldn't be wearing Nike clothes. You wouldn't be doing half of the damn things that you do. Out of here with that. Betting picks for today in the world of sports. Today, I like, I like the Cardinals minus 148 money line over the Reds. Today, I like over eight and a half runs for the Blue Jays and the Rays. With Sonny Gray on the mound, I like the Twins, minus 158 money line over the Giants. I like the Astros, minus 130 over the Brewers. And that'll wrap up our MLB and our NBA today. I like over 216.5 for Boston and Miami. Miami's getting whatever shot they want right now in this series. Boston has shown no interest in competing defensively. Um, let's see. I like, <clears throat> give me give me Tatum. I think Tatum's going to play well today. Over 28 for... For Tatum, three-pointers, nothing I like there. Rebound. Actually, you know what? There is something I like with three-pointers. like Jimmy Butler over one three-pointer. He's currently sitting at a half of a three. I think he's going to make one today. I think he's going to make a couple today. Uh, I'll give you one rebound, and then we'll wrap up. I like, um, let's go with that one there. I like Horford over five and a half rebounds. let wrap up. Today's show was a good one. I want to thank Stan Gravoff for his time. I want to thank Coach Brian Colley for his time Tomorrow. We'll try to get the turtle, try to get uh, some different things accomplished. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Sorry we couldn't get to the W's and L's. Just couldn't fit it in, man. Just couldn't fit it in. Uh, Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless you guys. We'll be back same time tomorrow.
2: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.